0: Our reading this morning is from John 4:43 through 54. After the two days he departed for Galilee for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own ta- hometown. So when he came to Galilee the Galileans welcomed him having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast for they too had gone to the feast. So he came t- again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come to Judea from Judea to Galilee, he went and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So when he asked the hour of when his son began to feel better, they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he believed, He himself believed and all his household this was now the second sign that Jesus did when he came from Judea to Galilee. This is the word of our Lord.
1: Good morning, everybody. Morning. Let's, uh, let's, let's pray for a minute, okay? I want you to... Pray with me interactively, okay? Now, what I want you to do is I don't want you to just listen to me pray. I'm going to ask you to pray where you're seated. I'm going to ask you to just engage God, engage with God, just, and, and I'm going to lead you through it. So let's, let's just start by, we're going to pray and we're going to just, for you in your, in your own space, just praise God for who he is, who he is to you, you know, tell him how great he is. Let's start there. As you continue to pray, let's, let's put our junk on the table. Now pray and, and, and ask God for forgiveness. Put your junk on the table, there's nothing hidden. Now let's ask God to speak to our need. What's our greatest need? Ask the Lord to speak to it. Our greatest pain, our greatest source of hurt. Ask the Lord to speak into that. God, we humbly bow before you. We bow before you because you're greater. We bow before you because you're king. And it's the right response for us to bow down, to bow down in our own humility, the humility that that the recognition that you're God and I'm not, the recognition that you're a loving God. Who sees all of my brokenness and still remains with me? Who sees all my mistakes, who, who has seen it all? There's nothing hidden from you. Your word says that. There's nothing in me that's hidden. no thought, no deed, no nothing. And God, you still choose to be present. God thank you for that. Thank you that you're a God that that meets me in all my weakness. God, thanks for being the God that gives us strength when I can't find it. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak loud to each one of us today. God, I pray that as we just sit here waiting to hear from you. God, that we would have ears to hear and that your word would speak loud, that it would cut through all the nonsense, cut through all the opposition, cut through all the distraction. That God, we would just stand here and point to your glory because only you could have done this. We pray in your name, amen. All right, last week, I want to I say this. If you weren't here last week, even if you were here last week, we have a podcast. It's on Gateway Church Blue Springs app. And uh, you can get that podcast. You can go to our website, gwcbs.com, okay? And you can get this message. I highly encourage you to get this message from last week. Zach and Katrina got up here last week and, and, and talked very openly, very transparently, very honestly, very powerfully from the Holy Spirit. It was powerful. They, it was something you don't see often. The transparency, the, the, the vulnerability to stand up here and to proclaim what God has done in my life in the midst of my mess. It's powerful. And so my encouragement to you is that if you haven't heard that, that you, that you look it up and that you listen to it. Because God has something he wants to say in that It's a story of the woman at the well and that's What we're picking up after that In the, in, in John 4 And and uh, so I would encourage you to go back and listen to it I believe God's going to do something Big I believe God's going to tap Into things that are wounds In your life or or areas that You have kept off limits Kept off limits I believe God's going to pierce through those things And penetrate those things And I'm And and so please, engage with it. Listen, let God do his thing. Today we're picking back up in that story where John 4, last week Zach and Katrina talked about the woman at the well. We've heard that story lots where the woman, Jesus met this woman at the well and and, and he was in Samaria and and it, it wasn't common. Jews didn't intermingle with Samaritans. They would avoid them. But Jesus met her at this well and Jesus told her everything about her. Jesus, not having ever met her personally, told her everything about her. And that alone compelled her to get up and go tell everybody in in her community. Regardless of the shame that came with it, she went around and told everybody, come meet a man who told me everything about me. Could this be the Christ? Could this be the Christ? And then what happens in that is that people come and go, wow, I mean... This woman's like bearing herself, telling all these five husbands, and the one she's with isn't her husband, and Jesus knew all that and called it all out, and she's like not living in shame of that. She's living in freedom, because like Zach and Katrina talked about last last week, is that God wants to well those things up in your life, those things that you have in your life, whatever they are, he wants to well those things up so that he can take them from you. And replace them with what? His love, his grace, his freedom, his redemption. That's what he wants to do. And that's what he did with that woman. She went around and told people, come meet this man that told me everything about me. And people came and they believed because of it. They came and they asked Jesus to stay longer. He, he stayed, they asked him and he stayed two days longer in Samaria. And many believed It said that many came to him, and and one of the things that it says is that they believed not just because of her testimony, but because the word that he had spoken, they believed in him. They believed in him. And so where we pick up this story today in John 4 is this. We pick up Jesus heading back to Galilee. Jesus heading back where he had made water into wine. Remember that story from a few weeks back? His first big sign, his his mother came to him and asked him, and they had this big wedding feast, and the wedding feast isn't like, you know, some little, only a few people are invited. The whole community was involved in these weddings a lot of times, and so he made water into wine, and everybody saw that. Everybody saw that. And so Jesus coming back to that place where he had performed that sign, where everybody had seen that happen, and so let's pick up in verse 43. Verse 43. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. Now let's stop there. One of the things that, this message, I just want to be up front with you. One of the things that's been, this has been a battle, okay? This has been a battle, this message. And part of the reason it's been a battle is because belief is a monster. You know, ultimately, the, the, this passage is pointing to when Jesus sits here and says, um, he looks at the man, when the man comes to him and said, my son's ill, come and, and so that you can heal him. And Jesus knowing, one thing I want you to know out of the gate, Jesus knew his motive. Jesus knows your motive. Jesus knows when you come to him, he knows what motive you're coming to him with. So when you pray your prayers and when you come to him, he knows exactly. He sees your heart. He saw the people here. He saw their heart. He knew what was in it. And that's why he says, unless you people see, and it wasn't talking just to this man, it was plural. It means that he was talking to all the people around. Unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. And keep in mind, he had just come from Samaria, where all these Samaritans believed based on who he was, just based on a conversation with him, just his word. They didn't need to see some powerful sign, some powerful miracle. They believed based on who he was. But yet he comes to his hometown, all these people that knew and they don't believe unless they see signs. And, that, and that's the thing about, thing about all of us is that God knows your motive. God knows why you come to him, just like Jesus knew here why people were coming. And so it's important that we recognize belief is Belief is this thing that all week long I've been going, you know, why is, it that, why is it that that is such an issue? You know, why is it an issue that they need to see signs and wonders? Why is that a problem? And part of it comes down to, ultimately, God knows why you're coming. Are you just coming for the signs and wonders? You know, Jesus knew in this point, he knew all, you know, what, what we're going to find out as we keep going in this is that Jesus, because of all the signs and wonders, had a mega church following. He had thousands of people following him. Thousands of people I mean, we'll talk about a megachurch. They, they, at one point, were so enamored with him after he multiplied that happy meal and made all that food grow into baskets full of food that was so good. And they all ate till their fill, and there was food left over. They wanted to grab him and make him king because he was performing and doing things that they wanted. It made them full. That's what they wanted. So they, they wanted to grab him and make him king. Those same people that, that we find in that story that were all following, that would all say, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a follower of the way. Once there hits a hard teaching, they all fall away. Lots of them, droves of them, thousands of them quit following. They quit following and why did they quit following? Because they didn't like what he had to say. They were following him because of the miracles, because of the, what they saw that they couldn't believe. You know, I don't know how many of you watch Hallmark, anybody, Hallmark movies, Hallmark Christmas movies? Come on, raise your hand. Don't be, don't be, don't be sitting here. Guys in the room, I know there's some of us that watch those, right? Don't sit here and pretend like you don't. All right, so the Hallmark movies, one of the things that happens in these Hallmark movies, if you've ever seen the prince ones where the, the woman becomes princess and whatever, I mean, I just saw one the other night. My wife had it on. I was trying to love her well. Uh-huh, right. I was trying to love her well. Anyway, there was this one where this prince was like arranged to be married to this woman. And this woman, he, he came to her at one point and he said, if I was just a gardener, would you, would you want to be married to me? And she goes, if you were a gardener, I wouldn't give you the time of day. And he's like, that clarified all. And that's kind of what happens here, is that if you're doing what I want you to do, then I want to be with you. If you're not doing what I want you to do, I'm not going to give you the time of day. That's what happens. And here's the thing. Let's get real. Let's get honest here for a minute. That's the struggle that we have. I know I have it in my own family. Okay? I know I have it in my own family. This whole thing about belief, believing. You know, I, I know that just like the Samaritans earlier in the story said, That they believed because of the woman's testimony. And then once they spent time with Jesus, they came to believe on their own. It was no longer because of just the woman's testimony. They truly believed in the word that he had spoken. You know, I know that I grew up in a Christian household. I grew up in this family that my parents pointed me to Christ from a a very young age. And you know what? Through my teenage years, I believed what they believed. I believed because they believed. But there reached a point where belief had to take hold in me. And it wasn't just because they believed. I didn't just believe the God of Bruce and Linda Sterling. I believed the personal God, the personal Savior, the personal Jesus who came and sat with me in my mess. I got baptized at 10 and said, I believe in Jesus. But it was in my 20s that he truly became mine, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Christ. There was no doubt, because he had came and sat with me. He knew me in my biggest mess. He met me in my biggest failures. He met me in the midst of all of that. And my belief in him just continued to grow and to grow and to grow. So, in that, I want you to understand something about belief here, is that because this passage is really about belief. This passage really comes down to this official son coming that's sick. Ultimately is the son is sick, and it is the catalyst that brings this man to Jesus. It is the difficulty in his life that gets him to the limit of his own power, his own ability to manage his life. It gets him to the point of, I can't do this on my own. And so he comes to Jesus and Jesus says, go and your son will live. And the man believed him. The man believed him. And his son lived, that's what we find out. But this whole thing comes back to belief. Because there's a lot of us, in Luke 8, this is what spells it out here, Luke 8. This is a parable that Jesus told, and it just talks about this whole thing about belief. It talks about the seed is the word of God, verse 12. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who... When they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, those are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience okay so what 's happening here is that belief in this, this passage talks about believing and this and ultimately it 's important that we see this because, because this. one of the things about this is that we realize that we're all, belief grows we start we believe we trust, we believe in God, but it grows over time. Our belief continues to grow as we hold fast to who Christ is in our life. It grows, okay? That's important for you to know. It's important for you to know that what happens in belief is that there are a lot of us that along the way, a lot of, there's people in this room right here and now that their struggle with believing God is because God didn't do what they asked. Their struggle with believing God is because they prayed and they prayed and prayed and God didn't give them what they asked for. And so they spend their life in a contingent plan. God, I believe as long as you do what I want. As long as you come through for me, I believe. And in that parable that Jesus just told, he talks about the different places of belief. And so the first question for you today is, what does it take for you to finally believe? What does it take for you to finally put your trust in him? What's it going to take? Because John 20, here's the thing I'm going to tell you right out of the gate for all of this. John 20 says this. John, who writes all this, says that I write these things so that you may know and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. I write these things, the whole motive for all of this, I was talking to Zach and I was like, this whole belief thing keeps coming back around over and over and over again in John. It's always coming back. And, and I, I could sit here and I printed off all the times in John, it's pages and pages where it comes down to believing God, believing him. And John says, I write all of these things down so that you may know and believe him. All of these signs, all of these wonders, all of his word is so that you may know and believe him. That's that's the whole thing. Because why? Because just like that, that father and the son, belief in Jesus brought life. Belief in Jesus brought life. Without belief in Jesus, It's only death. The father believed that Jesus, not even seeing, not even putting his hand on the son, he believed Jesus' words that his son would live. He believed him. And the son was healed. And why it's such a big deal here is this, is that It's the same for you and I. You have to believe him in order to have life. Without believing him, it's death. John 11 talks about the fact, Jesus says, those who live and believe in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? So, if you, why it's so important, why belief is so important, is because it brings life. Belief in Jesus brings life. In Corinthians, it's talked to, it talks about all that's mortal is swallowed up by life. So, just like in this official son, I mean, you can imagine, you can imagine what that must have been like. You know, you who have kids. You who sit here and go, I'm, I want to bring, I br- I'm desperate for my child to be healed. I'm desperate for it. Desperate. Desperately believing. And the reality is this, is that when Jesus said go, he believed him. And his son was healed. And Jesus says to you, that if you believe me, you will be healed. You will be healed. And it may not just be in this life on earth. It may not just be here. You know, we all know people, and this is the struggle about praying, and this is the struggle about believing, because uh, we're apprehensive about it, because we know that we don't wanna get our hopes up What Jesus is speaking to is not just this life, he brings life eternally, eternal life, extends beyond this, all that's mortal is swallowed up by life. So it's important that we believe, it's important that we come to this point of holding fast to believing God. Why is that important? because he brings life. But there's an enemy to that. Because that brings life and the enemy does not want that, there is an enemy to that. The enemy is at war against your belief. The enemy is at war against your belief. Always trying to erode. Always trying to pull aside. Pull it away. And so there's a story in Mark 9 where this father comes to Jesus and, and, the, and the, this, his son is you know convulsing and 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 has an unclean spirit in him and it's like throwing him into danger and the and the father comes to jesus and says jesus please heal him and at one point he said if you can if you can heal him and jesus looked at him and said if you can he said all things are possible for those who believe all things are possible for those who believe and so in that the father responds by this. He says, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. And that's the thing about this story that I want you to see in this, is that there's pieces, just like this official father, there's times in your life where you're going to struggle with belief. Belief. There's times in your life that, you know, you're going to get all twisted up. I, my oldest daughter, Logan, I don't know if she's in here or not. My oldest daughter, Logan, grew up in this Christian household, grew up with us pointing her to Christ. She goes off to college, and this college professor's like, tearing up her beliefs. World religion of all. She goes to a Jesuit college, and, and, and what happens is the world religion guy is, like, tearing her beliefs to shreds, you know? And, and what happens is she's struggling, because what, what is she struggling and how does the enemy work against us? The enemy comes at you with, well, how could a loving God allow this to happen? How could a loving God allow these things to happen in your life? Or how could a loving God allow people to go to hell? I don't want to believe in that kind of God. So what would happen is they, it caused all this confusion in her life. And, and, and she was like, I don't know what to believe anymore. And, and, and that's the goal of the enemy the goal of the enemy is to tear down your belief, to pull you away from it, because it's so important. Life comes from your belief in Christ. He who has the son has life, is what the Bible says. So it's going to be torn at. You're going to have times where that is going to be pulled against. It's going to be pulled against. And that's because that's what the enemy is trying to do. The thing I love about that story in Mark is that that father in the midst of that turmoil says, I believe, help me with my unbelief. Help me with my unbelief. So for you, if you're in that moment, if you're in that place where you're like, I, I don't even know if I believe this. Students in the room, if you're in a place where that's you, where you're like, you know, my parents have told me this all along and, and, and I've, got, I've got teachers in my life that make it sound kind of stupid and I, I'm kind of getting twisted up in knots. If that's you, ask God to help you with your unbelief. If that's you, pray and say, God, I'm sorry. Help me with my unbelief. Help me with this struggle. This is too important. God, help me not to be deceived. Deceived. You know, Jesus, there's this point in in Luke 22 where Jesus, Peter, okay, Peter, disciple Peter, Peter, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. Peter, who saw all these things that we're describing, all the miracles and whatever. Peter, right before Jesus is going to be crucified, Jesus foretells Peter's denial and he says to Peter this, because Peter's getting pretty full of himself, going, I, will, I, I would never leave you, I would never fall away, I would never be pulled away, none of that would ever happen. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you. Do you hear that, do you hear that? Is it Satan demanded to have Peter? That he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Jesus prayed for Simon Peter that your faith may not fail. Parents in the room, friends in the room, loved ones in the room, pray that your faith may not fail. Pray that your child's faith may not fail. If you want to take away from today, it's pray that your faith, the faith of your loved one, will not fail. Pray that. Jesus prayed that. God Himself prayed that. That Peter's faith would not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers, Peter said to him. Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times that you know me. The beauty in that and the beauty of this story of the official son is this. The beauty of who Jesus is, is Jesus meets us in our unbelief. Jesus meets us in our unbelief in our, this place of not sure. He meets us there. Even though the official son asked for a sign and Jesus said, you guys demand signs, that's the only way you're gonna believe. The fact is he met him there. He met him there, he still healed him. That's what he did. He met him in the midst of it. Just like in Peter, Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. Deny even knew him. Jesus met him in the midst of that and spoke to it. Spoke to it ahead of time so that Peter could go back on it and go, you know what? I remember he, he told me this was going to happen. He told me that Satan was coming to try to sift me. And he prayed that my faith would not fall away. Jesus meets you where you're at. So give it to him, tell him, tell him the struggle you're having, pray that he'll help you with your unbelief, pray that he will reveal and expose, and for the people that, that are around you, pray that these, that you, pray that they will hold fast to their faith pray that your kids will hold fast to what they've been taught. So for those who have so we realize that that's what's going to come. That's going to come at different points in your in your journey. It just is. For some of us 5 years ago it came here in this church when our pastor, beloved friend pastor the one who had invested in us the one who had been the hands and feet of Christ to us when, when, when God took him home five years ago that was a crisis for a lot of us it was man why do I want to believe in a God that would take such a great man and it 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 like forced us to confront some things in our own life it forced us to confront what our faith is really in do we really believe do we really believe so you need to understand that when trials come your way they're testing trials come your way and they're they're strengthening they strengthen your faith for those of us who have endured those trials, it strengthens your faith. You know, I can't help but sit here and look at Matt and Mary and go, those are people who endured trials. And it strengthened their faith. And that, that story inspires me. It inspires me. I write these things so that you may know and believe that Jesus is Lord. That's what John says. Your story of how you have endured, persevered, and still believe, still believe, is testimony to all the people around you. It's testimony to who God is. My daughter, after that, I was telling you about, we just prayed that God would do something in her life, that He would reveal something to her. And you know, out of the blue, one day she's, she's again driving to work, listening to worship songs, and, and it just, she was overcome with tears, recognizing you Neo, know, reminded of all the times that Jesus was with her. All those moments. All those moments of hurt and heartache that Jesus was right there with her. It strengthened her belief. It strengthened her. So today, where you're at in your life, here's here's some takeaway for you, is this. Is that wherever you're at, God understands, he sees your motive, he knows it. So let's just be honest about it. Let's talk about it. Give it to him. If you're struggling with belief right now, then just be honest about it. If you're struggling with that, just be honest about it. But the key is this. You need to remain. You don't go run off. You don't go run off and go your own way. You need to remain in with him. You need to keep, stay, with him. Belief, become, belief is proven authentic over time. Belief is, it's like Shadrach, and, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament. You know, they're put in this situation where they have, have to deny their faith or they're going to get burned. They have to bow down or they're going to get burned. And they end up, they're like, no, I'm not doing that. And so they're going to get thrown in the fire. And the people are like, why would you do this? Why would you do this? And they said this, I believe that God is able to save me from this fire, this fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, I still believe. Even if he doesn't, I still believe. And that's the belief that God wants from you. That's the belief that God wants from all of us. Is he wants you to believe Even if he doesn't give you what you asked for, even if he doesn't, doesn't do the things that you want, do you still believe? Because that ultimately is what brings life. And Jesus is so good to bring that life for us. I believe because of what he did for me. I believe because he gave his life for me. That's why I believe. I believe because it's no longer my belief in my parents. It's because of what he did for me, how he met me in the midst of it. And it was personal. band's going to come back up and we're going to worship God we're going to continue to praise him so as the band comes up we're going to pray and I, I just pray that, that wherever you're at wherever the struggle is that you just turn it over to him turn it over to him And for those of us that are being that are being pulled away by difficulties and whatever, my prayer is that you are that God gives you what you need to remain to remain in Him, just like Jesus' prayer for Peter. God, we're asking today that you would uh, just expose. Expose it for what it is. God, the, the, the attacks of the enemy, the things that, that the enemy is trying to do to pull me away, to drag me away from you, God, I pray that you would expose them for what they are. All those whispers, all those things that I hear about, oh, he can't really love you. He does that for other people, but not for you. He doesn't really, he doesn't really love you that way. And if he really loved you, he would do this. God, all these whispers that, that drag us away, that pull us away. God, help just expose that for what it is. God, help us to recognize that as an assault on our faith. Help us to recognize that as, that, that's, that's, a, that's a designed effort to pull me away from you. And God, I pray that that would not be the case. God, I pray for the people in this room that their faith is, is on shaky ground like that passage that we read about. God, I pray that you would put them in good soil, that you would put the people around them that would help move them, that would help point them to Christ. God, I pray that you would just hold us close. God, our life is dependent on you. It's not dependent on me. My belief is dependent on you. It's not dependent on me. So God, I pray that you would help me with my unbelief. Help me in this weakness. Help me in this mortality. God, I pray that your power and your presence and your glory would swallow up everything mortal. And that I would be moved. and remain in you. God, thanks for loving us. Thanks for being a God who loves. Thanks for being a God who protects. Thanks for being a God who meets us in our doubts. Thanks for being a God that doesn't take that personally and just punish us. Thanks for being a God who meets us there. God, we love you and pray in your name. Amen.